The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Welcome to another program here on Afternoons with Mike, heard daily at this time on the Shepherd Radio Network, all from Central Florida, all the way up to North Central Florida in Gainesville. Glad to have you along with us, as well as our friends in Ocala and the Villages, Orlando area listeners, all joining together here for Christian Talk. And I've been looking forward to today's program. I have two guests in Studio A, and one is a return guest, one is a first-timer. It's nice to have Selena Brennan Matos. I just said it wrong. It's Matos, right? Is that close enough? You yes. say it. It sounds so much Selena better. Selena Brennan Matos. Matos, Matos. <laughs> I've got to get that right. It helps if I do, you know, like a hand gesture when I say it. Matos. <laughs> that helps me. All right. Uh, Selena has been here before. She has uh, an organization that she leads. She's in the the healthcare industry. And uh, give us the name of your organization. I know it's Forward. Forward Focus, Focus. Holistic Wellness. Right. And what you do with that is you're helping people understand health, but from a different angle than what many people are hearing today. And that's what you talked about the last time. Yes. So along with uh, Selena today, I've got a new guest in here, and this is Tom Otorik. He is the state director of something called Move Freely Florida. And uh, it is really uh, interesting to hear this man's background. He's a military background of a number of years with the Marine Corps, I heard you say, and yep. as a pilot in the Marine Corps. At yes. that, what, what plane did you fly? Started out in the eight and Mike, uh, great to be here. Thanks for having oh, me. Oh man, it's great to have you. Uh, started out in the F four in the eighties and transitioned to the F eighteen and stayed in that until I retired in two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah, every every kid, every kid at heart, man, like myself, just geeked out when you said that the F eighteen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that I've got I've got pictures still of uh, of that plane and watching videos of of those uh, generation of planes. Wow, that's all I can say. My son worked for uh, a, uh, a contractor, let's just use it that way, that works with the F-35. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's kind of a cool little plane too, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> ne- never flew it. Uh, I flew the uh, you know fourth generation, but that those new stealth platforms, those are fifth generation. Yeah, and the heads-up display and all of that. I mean, what you have to deal with, how in the world can you pay attention to everything that's under you when you have so many things right in front of you and above you? Well, you're right. It is. It's task saturating. You know, it's challenging. Um, you've really got to keep your mind agile and your body very physically fit. Um, there are some technology things that they put into that hands-on throttle and stick where you can, uh, you don't have to take your hands off the flight controls to manipulate the, uh, the radar, the weapon mm-hmm. system and all that. There is nowadays they're putting things in the uh, the helmet mounted visor, um, multi sensor integration that's taking it all a step forward in how the um, how the aircraft integrates with the battle space and the data link network that's driving everything. Um, so we did a little bit of that, but not to the extent of the F thirty five F twenty two program. And the other other countries are doing the same thing as well. So what we've seen with Iron Man with that helmet with the inside display is any of that accurate at all for real for what you deal with? Uh, not as a commercial pilot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean no. when you were in the military. Uh, to a certain extent, yes. Oh, so, hel- so cool. I, I've got a little bit of experience with helmet-mounted sighting systems. Oh, wow. Um, but for the most part, the uh, the fourth-generation group of fighters, the, what, what is commonly referred to as F-10, so the F-16, F-15, F-18, F-14, uh, those things were, were generally not using helmet-mounted uh, sighting systems where you can look and target like they can today. Wow. A lot of it's very classified, so I don't even really know yeah. exactly how it works. Uh, but, uh, you know, the fourth-generation fighters were a lot of fun to fly. Uh, I only flew the F-18, but I had a lot of friends that flew the F-16, the F-15, the F-14. And yeah. they're, it's, it's an amazing community of people 
that uh, meet at, at these multinational exercises around the world, often mm-hmm. do NATO exercises or go out to Nellis Air Force Base and do a red flag or green flag. It's very, very exciting, uh, high pressure, high stakes. Um, it's if you're if you're in that business, if that's your your life, then uh, that's the adult playground <laughs> on the right. on the ranges <laughs> of. Uh, Nellis Air Force Base up north over yeah. those And then if you're regions. a girl that has girl children, you don't know anything about what you guys are talking about. Right. Well, <laughs> see, this, all of this is so cool because I grew up wanting to be a pilot. Oh, there and, you go. Uh, yeah, and I loved it. I'd saved up money to get my private uh, ticket mm-hmm. and, and when I met my wife. And so I uh, it fell in love with her and that that didn't seem as important as using that money to be able to get married. And right. uh, I, I thought it's, that was the best decision I ever made. Probably saved my life. I, I, right. I would not have the abilities that you clearly do. How many years did you fly in the military? Uh, 20 years. 20 yeah. years. So I served from 1980 to 2001. Prior to going on active duty, I had the excellent support of my, my family, my mom and my dad, so I did get some private pilot training. I went to an aerospace school in the Midwest. Uh-huh. So I, when You're I, killing me, when man. I showed yeah. up, you know, it was a big sacrifice for my my mom and dad financially. Oh, yeah. You know, family of five. It's not an it's not an inexpensive thing. It's very expensive. And my nephew Ross right now is is getting his flight ratings as well, and he's yeah, coming to terms with the cost to to do that. So wow. and and to Selena's uh, comment about the girls in the family. I mean, there's women fighter pilots now. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So, I mean, the women are everywhere uh, and they actually have a physiological advantage. Really? They're excellent multitaskers Mm -hmm. by nature. Right. Mm -hmm. And the distance from their heart to their head generally is a little shorter. So it allows them to respond uh, more quickly, respond quickly, keep their blood pressure up. um, And they, they don't, it's harder because under G forces, right? Six, seven, eight, nine times the force of gravity, the blood will drain out of your head very quickly. <laughs> so the distance between your, so shorter people yeah. actually make good fighter pilots. Yeah. So, so the women are actually in the, in that community and they're, they're doing very, they're doing very well. Uh, that's wonderful. Plus, we all know that they would not ever, if they got lost in the air, they would stop and ask for directions. So that, that's well, right. actually, they're such excellent multitaskers; they're <laughs> never lost. That's right. Ever. Well, but, we're not. We're not here. Although I do have one more thing to say about uh, Tom. Tom, in addition to a twenty-plus year in the military, has almost what more than that years in the whole commercial airline yes, industry 27 years with uh, my US major airline right and um so I did have some overlap uh between the two where I was actually doing both jobs wow. where I was uh, flying with the Marine Corps in the F18 in the reserves and also flying uh with my airline so you got to be the guy I'm sure you've done this a ton of times ladies and gentlemen this is the captain speaking have you that that speech right well, I, I don't get uh, specific. I just say, hey, it's from the from your pilots up front. Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's the captain <laughs> or the first officer. Right. As long as the the customers get to 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 hear from their uh, from their flight crew, that makes them a little more comfortable. Maybe that's wonderful. For me, um, I've uh, been limited to things like. Uh, Al, you're up on lane five. <laughs> That's about my, uh, there's my speed right there. Now, it is really great having these two here. And believe it or not, we are, we're here to talk not just about uh, the geeky things that I love about this man's background, but um, some really, really important issues that have to do with our health, that have to do with what our country is going through right now. Uh, if there's ever been a time where America's being uh, taxed, uh, to the max. It's it's right now. Americans are, are waking up every day. Uh, the news cycle has gotten so short and so quick that you can't hardly keep up with what's going on in this country. And the amount of division, the amount of strife, uh, the amount of distrust. And it's all coming for some very good reasons. I believe you all would agree with that. Yes. Uh, that there are a lot of things going on right now that shouldn't have happened and shouldn't be happening, but we are waking ourselves up to find out that they are. And what Selena and I talked about when you were here has a lot to do with this, and that is how Americans live, how Americans eat, how Americans receive health care, and, and the approach to maybe fixing some things that are needing fixing in their health. 
that all is is on the on the topic here before us today. So, having said all of that, Tom, uh, your organization. Let's turn to you for a second. This organization called Move Freely. Give us the kind of the impetus as to what was going on when this needed to come about. Oh, thank you, Mike. That's a great question. So, for your listeners, I'll give you the website. It's Move Freely America. Org, O-R-G. So movefreelyamerica.org. It's all one word run together. When the mandates came out last fall, if people will remember back to August when uh, President Biden said, hey, uh, Executive Order 14042, I'm going to sign that. So that is going to mandate mass vaccinations in the United States across the board. And it was going to be five separate categories. Uh, the Medicare, Medicaid recipients, which is pretty much everybody, Uh, all medical and all care providers, all hospitals, everything, because federal Medicare and Medicaid money flows into those operations. It's also going to be all federal workers, the Department of Defense, all federal contractors. And they also wanted, they had a private employer mandate for companies over 100 employees that they wanted to, um, they wanted to use the OSHA system to enforce it. So the, the private employer mandate was struck down in January of 22, uh, but at the same time, they upheld the CMS mandate. And that leaves the federal contractor and the, the DOD and the um, uh, federal worker that were still in force. So and the CMS, mass, just for our listeners' sake, that would be the Medicare. Medicare, Medicaid. Medicare and right, Medicaid. Right. So Center for Medicare uh, Services, CMS. Yes. That's what they, they call it. So, uh, well, and it means if you're a provider. So as a provider myself, if I'm working with those insurances, they could push mandates. Yeah. So if you're part of the system, mm-hmm. we've got we've got a, a, our our hand upon your shoulder to guide you into into what we want you to do. That's just the right. that's just the reality of it. It's it's the the short answer is that it was pay to play. It was all pay to play. It was never about health and safety. It was a it was a big money play. They scared a lot of people with uh with the COVID uh, narrative. Uh, and coerced a lot of people to get shots that, that that they didn't need, basically. So in response to that, now, I'd already retired from the Marine Corps, obviously, last year. I was a federal contractor working for my airline because my major airline uh, is, like all, most of the major airlines, are federal contractors. Right. And so basically, we were under the mandate that we all had to get get these shots, that I knew I didn't want or need. I'd navigated the first two years of COVID with naturopathic approaches and uh, therapeutics, natural antivirals that worked very, very well. So there was nothing inside of me that that said, yeah, I think I need to do this. And there was a lot of people like me. And we said, you can't, you can't force vaccinate us. We haven't had this requirement in the past to do our jobs. We don't need it right now. It doesn't make any sense. And so we organized, it was a different name when we started, but it's, it's now moved freely because it incorporates not just the, the airline community, but all the transportation community and now all the other communities outside of that. So it's movefreelyamerica.org. And our mission is to empower constituents at the state level to talk to their state representatives about medical freedom laws that affect them. Additionally, we are against vaccine passports or any restrictions on travel based on a medical condition or a vaccination. So we are trying to, we believe that getting constituents activated at the state level to work with their state representatives as the founders and framers intended in a constitutional republic um, is the way to get these laws improved right? The governor in your state can't make the laws. The The surgeon general in your state can't make the laws. The governor can only sign the laws. The legislators have to make the laws. The people need to help them make that make mm-hmm. those laws. Mm-hmm. But because civic duty is lost on the average person, we've never been trained. We it has, It's not really emphasized or taught in school. We don't really understand what our constitutional rights are. We don't know what uh, constituent engagement is. We don't know what self-governance is in a constitutional republic. But here in the state of Florida, you have, there's 120 state representatives and 40 state senators. 
The reason there's 120 is so they're within easy reach of the citizenry mm-hmm. and the population. So we're supposed to be maintaining contact with our state reps. And in Florida, they're probably within 20 or 30 minutes of where you live, and they're na- they're your neighbors, right? They're going to serve for a, cert- for a, uh, a term or two, and then somebody else is going to come in. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I had zero awareness of these things. I mean, Tom's really taught me a lot. But also, um, I know that I asked you the question at one point of like, is this a partisan thing? Is this Republican Democrat thing? I mean, I know that we, where would you, you explain that to me in a very simple manner. That's a great question, Selena. Um, It's not a partisan issue, right? It's not a partisan issue um, at all. That's the beautiful part about what we do. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a populist type of thing, but we don't really focus on that. It's it's about it's about doing what we're really supposed to do, right? Right. And none of us do it, right? We don't really like we go to the gym, we go to the store, we run to the bank, and you probably pass by your district office dozens of times a month, and you have no idea that your state representative is right up upstairs in that building. Yeah, it's so clear to see. We don't know why they did this, but Americans have not been taught at all about uh, this civic engagement concept of staying in touch with your representatives. Uh, And I would bet that the average American doesn't realize that America is not a democracy. No, it's not. It's a constitutional republic. Thinking back and trying to understand it, it's not complicated. In trying to understand it, the way the founders and framers, the original colonies, they didn't want to be a, they wanted each state to be a a country unto itself. Yeah. So state sovereignty mattered a lot in the negotiations for how they're going to form a constitutional republic and not a democracy because they had bad experiences with that in Eastern and Western Europe, you know, two, 300 years ago and beyond. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Washington himself had to, push back the resistance of those who wanted him to functionally be the king. Correct. So that was all they knew at the time. But the founders and framers, the signers, they're pretty brilliant. They were divinely inspired. Most of them Mm -hmm. were men of faith. uh, And they were supported in their families by women of faith. So, uh, you know, it was a team approach. A lot of them suffered mightily when they signed their name to the to the declaration. Oh, yeah. And you've so, got to love that story about John Hancock. He wanted mm-hmm. he signed his name extra big so that right. uh, George could could read it clearly. Yeah. So it, it, what it means to us today is that since we don't understand civic duty and there's efforts by different groups to try to elevate that knowledge a little bit, but it's tough. Uh, there's a gap and, and a lack of understanding keeps constituents out of their state representative's office and not involved in self-governance. And that's really a burden on the representative. They want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. They want to know, they would like you to come to them and tell you what's on their mind so they have an idea of how to govern when they get to the state capitol. But nobody does that. So who do they listen to? Lobbyists. Right. Chamber of Commerce, right. Big Pharma, Florida Hospital Association. So the laws that come out, if you examine the Florida statutes, for example, they aren't written for we the people. They're written to insulate big business and big government from liability mm-hmm. and empower them to exercise unconstitutional power and authority over us, like Florida Statute 381, which is forced quarantine, forced treatment. Or, or Florida Statute 768, which is hospital indemnity, where there's nobody responsible if you die from, from COVID. And those are all laws. And we have people suffering in the hospital today mm-hmm. and dying because of that. Now, I'm not picking on our beloved governor at all. So please don't get me wrong about that. I don't think you are. And we're up against a break. We're going to continue this discussion with uh, Tom Ulterich and also... Uh, my guest here, Selena, is back with us, Selena Brainen Matos, and we'll be back with both of them to talk further about this whole mess that we're in right now in our country regarding the vaccine. This is Afternoons with Mike. We'll be right back. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study, an evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. 
All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again here in Studio A on my program with me, Selena Brennan Matos from Forward Focus Holistic Health and Tom Ulterich from Move Freely Florida. We ended the last segment talking about our governor, talking about uh, basically people's lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, what they don't know. I mean, I, you know, Tom, as you were talking about the things that have changed in America over the last uh, umpteen years, in our lifetime, certainly, uh, this digression of knowledge and we know in the public school system, kids are not being taught civics anymore. They're not being taught, not only are they not being taught what America was founded as or what it should look like from a standpoint of states' rights versus federal control, etc., cetera, uh, they have no idea about this whole thing about local representation and government on a state level, representatives. They have no idea. And so they just don't know much difference between a state senator and a United States senator. So that's right. what's happening in America today. It's a great sense of loss. Well, it, it is, but it, we're not that far off, really. It's not that hard. If we can, if we can move the needle a little bit and get people to understand why uh, self-governance is so important and how easy it is to go talk to your state representative, and really you don't even have to talk to the state rep. You can talk to the legislative assistant. And they'll get the information that they need out of you when you tell them what you're concerned about. You're, you can tell them you're concerned about forced quarantine, forced treatment, Florida Statute 381. You don't like the way it works. You know somebody that was trapped in the hospital because they were forced quarantine there because they said they popped positive on a PCR test for COVID, but they didn't have any symptoms. And the law allows that to happen. So when the, the citizenry get involved, when we do what we're supposed to do, once or twice a month, we have a saying, one hour a week, go and talk to your legislative assistant in their district office, say hello, form a relationship, and say, what can I do to help you change these laws? Because that's where it starts. It starts, and now, if we can make our state laws better because of constituent involvement, the way it was designed, now we can start to see the statutes that benefit we, the people. When we don't, we have these crazy laws that drive our health care, which may or may not benefit the, the patient. And then you end up getting hurt, you end up getting sick, and now we go to plan B, which is we have to kind of go off the grid to get the medical care that mm -hmm. we need because the, the mainstream medicine and uh, normal insurance and care delivery is all tied up and shackled within these policies, and, they really, and doctors have their hands tied. They can't practice medicine. So this is where we're at right now. We have some very bad statutes and not very good policy. Now, uh, the governor's trying to improve that. Dr. Ladapo, our Surgeon General, he's trying to improve that. But the statutes come from the legislature. The legislature comes from the people. And I'm, I'm pleading with anybody that hears this, figure out, go to the state website and figure out who your state rep is and go to the district office, introduce yourself to the legislative assistant and say, hi, I just wanted to say hi. I'm sorry I haven't been here, but I'm very concerned about medical freedom laws in our state. We need to make them better. I don't know much more about it, but I do know that statutes like 381, 768, and even 760, which is anti-discrimination, they need to be improved to include not only uh, race or creed, color, uh, sexual orientation, all that. It also needs to include what my medical status is or what my choices are in vaccines, things like that. Yeah. So that's where we're pushing. If we don't do this, now we come over here to Selena and the medical networks that she's part of that are outside of mainstream medicine trying to pick up the pieces because mainstream medicine, when it comes to vaccine injuries and COVID long haul, uh, which is a very real problem right now, 30% mm -hmm. of the population is suffering, whether it's apparent or not, many of them are suffering badly. And we have to get answers for these people. Mainstream medicine, I'll tell you what my doctor said, I have no clinical data to help you. So now we are off grid, we're now in the, the realm of therapies and uh, energetic like medicine. That and, may or may not work. Well, uh, actually we now know we have protocols that do work. 
Mm-hmm. Modalities and methods that most definitely work. And Selena is a central figure in her private practice in administering those. Now, this is not going to be MD driven. To help the people that are vaccine injured, we are going to need therapists like Selena. Now, that's what I was getting at. I think a lot of people put all of their trust in the basket of, of big pharma and traditional medicine. But the truth of it is they don't know. These doctors that we may be going to wanting an answer to why my joints hurt or why my muscles ache, uh, they may not know. And it, they they are putting people on treatments that haven't worked for them where Selena is doing some things that are more holistic in approach and getting good results. Yes. I mean, I've been part of incredible groups where we volunteer our time and we get we get together in learning modalities. And so I think it's just saying humble heartedly um, that we are constant learners and that um, through prayer, God guides the way and leads us to the right people to learn new modalities. And I've just kept my heart open to learning. And I've been blessed with amazing people, you know, including Dr. Cindy Tootin and a bunch of people that I can mention. But what I'm saying is all of us have that available to us. You can all be part of groups out there that are advocating for patients, that are teaching things. And yes, we're going back to that grassroots learning where we get on calls on Tuesday and we talk on different topics. I just as a therapist already got very passionate about learning these modalities because I obviously want to help the people I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And another big drive for me is myself being, you know, having long haul COVID and then having a vax injury myself, uh, obviously uh, is a reality check and is a very humbling experience as well. So I always try things on myself, my family, and then I recommend, right? Because this type of medicine, you have to always have the disclaimer that I'm not a doctor. I'm educating and therefore empowering others to make their own choice with, you know, with their health. But I think it just needs to be said that even those that are medical doctors would would really have to say that's why they call what they do a practice. They don't have a hundred percent guarantee that every prescription that is written is going to bring around the desired result. That just doesn't happen. I mean, that's that is the truth of our world in which we live. Uh, you know, I want to go back, if you will, both of you, and but you, you can both chime in on this. You know, one of the things that is so frustrating about all of this, this whole COVID thing. Uh, and I'm hearing you use this term COVID long haul injuries and, uh, you know, the ongoing effects that many people thought, well, once our body gets over it, we're over it. But we're finding that there are some people that have lingering problems with this. I think one of the frustrating things to a lot of people is the fact that so many people stepped up to the microphone back in 2020 during all of those daily televised briefings. And we had these so-called experts that were giving us the right word, and we found out in a very sad way that a lot of what we were told in 2020 during these briefings, the federal briefings, uh, they, they, they were not, not only not in our interest, but they were just downright not truthful about either what they said or from the manner of uh, background of what, uh, let's say, the, the rationale or reasoning that they Uh, had come to as a result of their studies or whatever, uh, they just weren't there. It wasn't right. And I think that's, you know, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think there's a lot of people that are distrustful today. And it dates all the way back to those early times when Dr. Fauci is telling us what we, what we thought was uh, a good word. And we find out he didn't often live by his own medicine, number one, and his own directives, you think of, you know, how many masks are we going to have to wear? How, you know, two masks, three masks, are we going to have to triple mask it? Uh, the way we shut down our country, the way they're asking little kids in schools all day long to wear a mask. Is that right? Is that healthy? We were told it was. Now we're finding out, well, maybe it's not even, uh, you know, it, they've come back around saying it's not even all that helpful. I think that's a real big pro- problem here. People don't trust what they hear anymore. And, uh, you know, we've got to we've got to see some return to what's right in our our leaders. A hundred percent. You know, the, the forces of evil, as it pointed out in the Bible, Satan is, you know, he doesn't he doesn't rest. He's constantly uh, prowling like a lion and he's going to 
he'll consume you if you're not aware. Um, and a lot of what happened was because constituents were disengaged, mm-hmm. right? So they declared a public health emergency, and that allowed them to trample on our constitutional rights. All of these special powers, right? Then. Yeah. Yes. And constitutional rights are important because people died and bled for those sorts of things, and so we have to be very careful uh, with dispensing our constitutional rights. They, as we now know, there was a very concerted, widespread campaign to censor and proliferate propaganda that was paid for through all media outlets and through uh, social media to beat this drum that this thing was dangerous. We have to lock the country down. What was it? 15 days to stop the spread. Yeah, flatten yeah, the curve. Two weeks. Well, that the, yeah. didn't work. Then they promised, well, the vaccines will give us herd immunity. That didn't work. It'll stop the spread. That didn't work. The mass will stop the spread. That didn't work. It was going to... Um, what were the three? It was uh, flatten the curve, stop spread, and herd immunity. Yeah. None of it happened. Yeah, social it's, distancing in there with that. We've had four different rounds of vaccines, maybe five if you can include the last one, the bivalent. I go to all the Global COVID Summit conferences. I follow all these scientists and doctors. This thing has mutated no less than 10 times. Correct. Then we realize, as Selena pointed out, you can't vaccinate your way out of a pandemic. You can't. It's not possible. And when you think about it, I mean, my thought, and even knowing this, it was, this is the ironic thing is, I mean, I knew viruses mutated, like whatever, whatever kind of virus this is, right? Because that's a discussion that we, and that, that that's a controversial discussion mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. itself. But regardless, um, you know, most people in health would question the flu vaccine. Right. Because it's yeah. mutating and they don't know what strand is in there and they don't know if it's really going to, and they're going to get the flu anyway. And so, I mean, even just from that science point, um, you know, the enemy is a deceiver. And and even people like me, I mean, it, they found a way to, to manipulate people um, in some way, shape or form. Unfortunately, right, I didn't have the knowledge I have now. I would have acted differently but even so, I mean, my reason for getting vaccinated the first time was to able to, to serve on the mission team I lead to Puerto Rico the first year. And then I said, I'm absolutely not touching this thing again. It hit my body like a rock. And then my grandma got put in a skilled nursing facility in the state of New York, and they weren't letting me in to see her with my card with only one vaccine. And this is the woman who put me through school. So, you know, I mean, there's story after story, and I'm not the only story. The real sad stories that we hear all the time are people that, you know, unfortunately didn't know how limited we are in our constitutional rights and the statutes in the state of Florida, including myself. I had that ignorance. Mm -hmm. I didn't know they could lock us in a hospital. I was one of the first to have COVID in my community. I was case number 10 at the True Health here in Florida. And they came to my house to PCR test me weekly. And they'd call me every day to see if my children had a fever. And I had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea what my rights were. But the true sad stories are the people that lost their loved ones locked in hospitals being pushed to have CDC protocols that were taking their life. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. wives that are nurses and are stuck outside and unable to help their loved ones. I mean, there's so many sad stories we hear all the time and it's not still even going able on. to go to funerals i mean and, uh, well yeah. even but even today now now we can go to funerals today yeah but can. that lunacy was yeah. from the past but today you're still with florida statute 768 you can be if they decide that they want to quarantine you under 381 isolate you in your room because you're quote-unquote contagious they can do that under the statutes and then if they follow cdc death protocols of remdesivir in the vent and you die, which they, you do 80% of the time. That's why they call it the CDC death protocol. Remdesivir, an event which is CDC approved to treat COVID patients, results in death 80% of the time. And that happens, that's happening as we speak. Wow. It's still happening. Oh my goodness. All over the state and all over the country in different states. This is a problem. So if we're absent in our self-governance, if we're absent in our civic duty, then these things come in from federal mandates or state mandates, these mandates are horrible. Mask mandates, vax mandates, DEI mandates, mandate after mandate after mandate. Wait a minute, what about my constitutional rights? You can't lock her in her, her house. You come into, now we know, but that back then we didn't. And we got complacent. 
Nobody taught us civic duty. We didn't really know what was involved. And the powers to be that turned this into a money play knew that. They exploited our lack of knowledge of civics, our lack of knowledge of, of science and virus. The, the legislature doesn't really know that. There's doctors up on the legislature, but there's no virologists or epidemiologists that can really speak to what a constitutional quarantine might look like. The Instead special just, powers that are voted in or have just declared to be in, taken, uh, that happened a couple of years ago, were just renewed by the president. And yeah. uh, somebody told me last week that once a government issues special powers like that, they don't rescind them. No, no, it's like taxes. Once you, it's, it's once a tax is in place, once uh, a, a government entity has a certain power, it's very difficult to get it back. It's hard to downsize the size of government. It's, it's almost impossible. It's a big, big problem. But staying focused here in Florida, we have to understand that we're only free because of the executive. We are not statutorily free. And our wonderful I think that's a big, big point yes. you're making. Mm-hmm. And our, our wonderful governor is not going to be here much longer. And our, his competitor, his challenger, Charlie Crist, who's been in Florida co- politics from a long time, for a long time, put out on social media that if he's elected governor, he was going to lock the state down and reinstate mask mandates. And wow. under Florida yeah. Statute 381 and 760, he can do that. Wow. So let's, uh, putting this out, I mean, we, we love, you're right, people love the governor, but this is a legislative issue that needs to be corrected at the legislative uh, area at that level. 100%. And, and, and not depend completely, because at best, if we get our governor for four more years, that's the best, because he's going to go out, he's going to term out after that. And then if we do have a Charlie Crist or somebody else like Charlie, that's going to put this in, we could be right back, no longer the free state of Florida. My, my organization has a saying, along with five minutes a week of understanding what civic duty is and doing something to involve yourself with constituent engagement with your state representative. We also have a saying that, and this is, and this is not overly dramatic, nobody is going to come to save us. The mm-hmm. governor's not going to save us. The Surgeon General, who's amazing, is not going to save us, Dr. Latipo. All these brilliant doctors and scientists, they're not going to save us. Our, our senators, our legislators, our state, they're not going to save us. The only one that's going to save us, this is a constitutional republic. It, it functions on self-governance. The constituents must get involved. Whether you like it or not, you have to have a paradigm shift and understand that you need to be as committed to self-governance as you are to going to the gym, going shopping, going for a run, going for a walk, going to church going to ministry. It's all part of it. We need that. Tom Ultrich is my guest today, along with Selena Brainin Matos. I'll be back with them in a moment for segment three. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. In the studio with me today is Tom Ulterek and Selena Brainin Matos. And, you know, this discussion, it, it's a, it is hard. It's especially hard for people who did lose people. I've got dear friends that lost uh, an immediate family member because of COVID. And in, in the middle of all of that stuff, when people were still locked down and everyone was masked or double masked, and uh, it, it's just horrible to see how this thing went into our culture, went into our circle of family members and just wreaked havoc. And it continues to do that to this very day. We were talking, you know, ironically, I remember that this first program or the first uh, uh, patient in the whole uh, watch list was right here in Orlando at at Florida Hospital in Altamont Springs. And my father-in-law, who has since passed, but he was in the hospital, down visiting us, had to go to the hospital. And we were there when on the news we learned that the very first confirmed Florida case of COVID was right there. And that seems like a lifetime ago, honestly, because so many things have happened. 
the people that we're really helping, this is what we were talking about during the break. Selena, you jump in here. The people that were really helping people, truly helping people, were people who were going out on the line, not the paid professionals that were doing the jobs, uh, you know, in government at all. Right. They were, they were just completely the, volunteering their time. You know, doctors. People. Yes. Yes. Retired doctors or retired doctors or health professionals that had a passion for holistic wellness. were spending hours and hours on the phone doing consults, helping people um, access the things that could help them heal from home. Uh, and, and that really was um, convicting to me and powerful. And even myself, I mean, I launched a holistic wellness business not knowing how he's going to pay my bills and trusting that God was calling me to that right before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hits and I'm there praying, thinking, what is my next steps? How can I contribute? And obviously going through my own health challenges related to the pandemic was a wake up call to say, I need more tools in my toolbox to help others. And, and by the grace of God, I've gotten together with the right people where we do educational things that are free continuously to get to know what's out there and how can we help each other. There is such a need for people to have education on all of this. You know, I remember uh, attending a conference. It was a pastor's conference, but at that pastor's conference, one of the things that was covered uh, from a local attorney who was there as a speaker had to do with everything we're discussing today was avoiding the vaccination, why uh, it wasn't necessarily uh, kind of proving to be what it was we were told it was, and some of the symptoms that were happening to people after getting the vaccine. So they had a couple of medical doctors there as well, who basically backed up everything that was being taught. And that would have been one of the very first uh, of the such of uh, medical people speaking against the veracity of this vaccine. So it's really big. And I think it would be helpful, maybe if you guys could address uh, to our listeners who may well be still suffering and they didn't realize they were because they thought they got over it. They thought they got over COVID and now they're hearing you say long COVID, long form, long-term COVID injuries. And I'm just wondering if maybe they're thinking, could I be a member of that group as well? Give us some of those uh, symptoms. Uh, so some of the classic symptoms are fatigue, muscle weakness, joint pain um, or inflammation, breathing difficulties, a persistent cough, chest pain, headaches, alternations in um, or altered sense of taste and smell, digestive issues, panic, anxiety, feelings of overwhelmed and stress, tinnitus, dizziness, vertigo, sleep disorders, low energy, mood issues, brain fog, memory challenges, attention deficits, and pain. Again, you might have had some of these things prior too, but it's an exacerbation of these symptoms. And I know Tom can speak to that because he definitely has experienced some of that. About the only thing I didn't hear you mention was ingrown toenails. <laughs> it's like, it's easier to ask me what what's, what isn't, the, what, the, what symptoms we don't have, right? That's right. <laughs> well, I, I finally succumbed to COVID in July of 2022. So I'm six months into my long COVID journey. Uh, at first, I really wasn't, like a lot of people, I didn't really, uh, and I'm out of work. Uh, so I, I, I spend a lot of time with these advocacy efforts and trying to connect people that can help those who are vax injured mm-hmm. uh, and are suffering from long COVID. Uh, the answers are unfortunately not inside mainstream medicine right now. So uh, for me, uh, August and September, I had this foggy brain, chronic fatigue, had to take a nap by two o'clock. By eight o'clock, I couldn't find words. And it was shocking. Oh, I'd wow. watched, I watched my dad go through Alzheimer's, all seven stages. I knew exactly what I was seeing. It was early Alzheimer's. I had to do something to uh, address this. And uh, you know, I found Selena's group. I, I worked with her. I worked with Dr. Tutin, the, the, one of the founders of FLCCN. And I also connected with another group of folks that are using uh, laser and light therapy to kinetically go after um, that the things is causing this. And it turns out, as you look at this closer and you begin to study what is it that's causing this, you come down to a couple of the components of the virus. Now it's a virus we can't see, smell, or taste, right? So it's very small, but it's been engineered, right? We, we know the vaccine is engineered. Uh, there, there's a lot more behind it. It's probably mm-hmm. a whole nother discussion about where this originated for, but it from, but it's not a naturally occurring virus. Mm-hmm. It's not. We know that. So 
Now we know that the one component that's always a problem is the spike protein. The lipid nanoparticle is what's the transportation for the spike protein. The lipid nanoparticle is a glycol-based type technology that allows the spike protein to transition things like the blood-brain barrier, which it normally couldn't do. So the spike protein, the way it's programmed, the way it's engineered, it's very, very small. We're, we're talking about molecular near subatomic type stuff. Once it settles in a certain part of your body, and Selena went down the laundry list of all the things that could be affected, uh, it just kind of sits there. It never leaves your body. It never chelates itself out. And it actually begins to replicate. And if your diet isn't just right, you'll fuel the replication process and your condition will decline slowly. Wow. Probably not going to kill you outright, but like corroding terminals on your battery, over time, it just continues to corrode, mm -hmm. continues to corrode, and it degrades that part of the body that it's in. Yeah. So what Selena's team is doing, what these other teams that we're part of, is we are looking for what's called energetic medicine, kinetic ways to go after this. We're using light, we're using laser, uh, we're using uh, electromagnetic force, we're using microstimulation. Mm -hmm. and, and Selena is a virtuoso in all of those things. Wow. And so she's kind of leading the charge from the ther therapist side. Dr. Tootin is marshalling all the resources, and so we're getting ready to deploy this technology or these modalities, excuse me, and methods. There is technology in, involved with it, but it's time consuming. It's hard. There's so much need. There's so many hurting people, so many sick people. Um, but the good news is this stuff works. It worked for me. It was like flipping a switch when I got done with the, the laser procedure. Now I'm in the detox phase with the supplements and the um, die-off management, chelation, and um, and some of, the, some of the other things that go in it. Um, so I'm in that phase right now, but it really turned me around. It was, it was amazing. I still have a long way to go to be fit for cockpit duty at almost 62 years old. Uh, but I am so thankful. It's just by the grace of God, he's put all these groups together. It's not a coincidence, a God sequence. This is arranged. These, these, these medical teams, yeah. these statute teams, these patriots are all working together, not to try to monetize this thing or profiteer on it, but, but to help people who are sick and injured and suffering and we can't help these people fast enough. That's, so the question comes to my mind and I think I'm speaking for so many people here. If, if there's such a great answer and I, I've seen this before and I think I know the answer to my own question, but I'm going to pose it to you, uh, pose it to you two professionals here because you both have studied this so much. Why in the world is our government not grabbing a hold of something that could bring and end uh, to alleviate the pain and the suffering that's been going on for a couple of years now. What happened to our country where we would have an answer and not grab a hold of it? Money. Okay. So, yes, that's the short answer, right? <laughs> so the healthcare industry, once, probably 20 years ago, when we m migrated to this managed care business where doctors couldn't practice their medicine, their art, of medicine and they all complain about it. I go to the conferences and I listen to them. They don't want to be shackled by, by CDC, NIAD, FDA uh, limitations and protocols. You know, they want to be given the tools and they want to be able to practice and, and help and compare notes and work together as a community to try to solve these problems. But all of a sudden you have um, these three letter agencies coming in and restricting what they can do and they really don't want to heal you, do they? Because you're an annuity when you're sick and you come back and you keep Big Pharma alive. And Big Pharma is one of the worst offenders. They're the biggest, yes. most powerful lobbies. Every state legislator and every federal legislator has Big Pharma money in their campaigns. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. So they're bought and paid for. They have so infiltrated our care delivery system, it's criminal. Now, this is a money play because when the federal government said you all have to be vaccinated, mass vaccinations, Big Pharma did not have to do any sales, marketing, or extended testing. That's a $30 billion profit to the bottom line. Where does that money go in part? It goes into lobbying activities, and that money flows right back into the politicians. And because we and are- And the health system. And the health system. Because if we're absent as constituents and we're not performing our civic duty- 
uh, we create a vacuum and the lobby fills it in. Yeah. And it's a perfect self-perpetuating mach- money-making machine on the backs of the constituent. That's yeah. what it is. That's so we how fell it asleep works. at the wheel and someone grabbed a hold of the wheel and we've just let them take us wherever they want to go. What did one of our founders say? It's a republic if you can keep it? Yes, that was an answer right. to a person who asked uh, Benjamin Franklin. And, it and, it, and we are not too big to fail, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We're not too big to fail. These yeah. big company, big countries like this have life cycles. Yeah, wow. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, a couple of uh, uh, things that I think I want to hammer home. You're talking about uh, treatments. You're talking about things that are not going to be in the wheelhouse of most of the doctors that our listeners would be visiting right now. How can how can our listeners find out information that you are, are finding in your studies and putting out there? How can they get a hold of this? Well, uh, we're still in the early stages of rolling this out. Obviously, there's going to be obstacles um, because the FDA has always targeted um, anybody that doesn't fall within their boundaries of how mm-hmm. to operate medically. Mm-hmm. So it is, a, it is a problem trying to satisfy those requirements with all the obligatory disclaimers and things like that. So we're in the early stages of rolling this out. We're not the only organizations doing this. There's other organizations, other doctors groups that are trying to do this. But it, from what I know, our our organizations are the only ones that are really pushing forward with energetic medicine modalities mm-hmm. and then the methodologies that come with it. And we're under the direction of some really smart doctors and scientists. So the you can go to our, our my website on the statute side, movefreelyamerica.org, and you can navigate to the Flo- Move Freely Florida tab. You'll see my, inf- my contact information in there. You can email me and um, uh, uh, FLCCN Frontline Community Care Network. They have a net. They have a website as well. There's contact information in there. Once we get this thing more mm-hmm. mainstream, then we're going to go public yeah. with it. And okay. and they can contact me as well at um, www. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Solina at forwardfocus.info. So S O L I N A at forwardfocus.info. That's my email, but they can also text me and I do free consults for people where then, you know, I I veer them in the right direction. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do specific one-on-one treatments, but Mm -hmm. I'll give you good information. Some people decide just to do health consults um, and then we can plug them into our free groups. That sounds great. And I really appreciate both of you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your service, Tom, to America. And we pray for... Uh, return to the cockpit for you. I mean, that's, I hope so. Uh, you God willing, we'll see. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and Selena, nice to have you back up here. I'd like Thank to have you, both Mike. of you back again. Maybe the good doctor could join you the next time uh, that you're here. And uh, this is going to be an ongoing thing that we all need to learn more about and get more involved with our local uh, and state government officials as well. So that's something I don't want to lose. My guest today, Tom Ulterick. And he's with Move Freely. Also, Selena Brainen Matos from Forward Focus. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.